You're listening to the Mariners Winter Warm-Up on 710 ESPN Seattle. Tell you what, I've been looking forward to this all week. An hour of baseball conversation, Mariners baseball conversation, and uh, we've got an action-packed hour coming your way. In just a few moments, we'll speak with Mariners GM Jerry Depoto. We've got Rookie of the Year Kyle Lewis coming up at the bottom of the hour, and then the skipper Scott Service will join us as well. For you Mariner fans out there, a brilliant hour of baseball conversation. And how do you, how do you do any better than kicking it off with the GM Jerry Depoto? Jerry, how are you, man? My quick answer to that would be Kyle Lewis. <laughs> you know, I guess. <laughs> The better hitter hits second nowadays anyway. That's right. That's right. Well, listen, man, I got to tell you, you know, I've been looking forward to this all week. It's it, it, we're, in ba- we're in football season. I understand that. But there's a lot of baseball fans out there. Nobody will, will be happier about the fact that I'm talking to you than my agent, who used to be your baseball agent, uh, Craig Fennick, who seems to be under the impression you and I hang out. Because every time I talk to him, he's like, hey, have you talked to Jerry? I'm like, hey, Craig, we... We, we're not hanging out. We're not going out to dinner together. But he'll be very excited about this. When we are allowed to go back out to dinner, let's go out to dinner. Then. Okay. To answer Craig's dream. Yeah, we, we could actually just put true. we'll put him on speakerphone and we'll both talk to him. It'll be great. Hey, how's your uh, how's your off season been? I mean, you're you're coming off an incredibly unique season. I mean, sixty games. Uh, I want to get into some of that, but how much different has this off season been compared to normal times when there isn't a pandemic? You know, it's been it's been very unusual, mostly because, you know, we're still in the stage where, you know, be it the short term, we are still working from home for the most part, you know, uh, only going to the office when necessary. All of the the off-season industry meetings that are typically the norm about this time of year have been shelved in favor of virtual meetings. You know, we're still having the same level of talks with agents and free agents and and trade talks with other teams it's just happening at a much much slower and unique pace because there's no community and you know i think that's just uh you know the fallout of the obvious which is you know we're all dealing with a with a public health uh, crisis that none of us has dealt with before but we're getting things done it's just happening slowly well before we talk about what what's to come and some of the players we should be Fired up about. I, I, I'm curious to get your perspective on last season. You guys go 27 and 33. Now, you you guys had basically said as an organization, "Hey, this isn't a season so much about wins and losses. This is about developing the future." And and I've got to believe, Jerry, that you walked away from this season feeling good about what you saw in terms of the youth out there. But more importantly, seeing the accolades thrown the way of Kyle Lewis, who we'll be talking about or talking to coming up at the bottom of the hour, but Rookie of the Year. You got two gold glovers in your infield that are both part of your your core, your youth. With Evan White, to me, exceeding what he was talked about in terms of his defense at first base, and J.P. Crawford, who I think is a tremendous story because I remember when he was acquired from Philadelphia, the knock on him was, "Hey, the guy can hit, but his defense is suspect. We're not sure if he's a shortstop, if he can play defense." That was kind of the the scouts take on him, and for him to come here and work with Perry Hill and turn into the defender that he is. I mean, you, you, all three of those, you've got to be really, really excited about that. So much. I mean, three players of 2020, they were all 25 or younger and went out. And, and you know, like you said, they were given quite a few accolades after the season, especially Kyle. I mean, he won 
every imaginable version of the the rookie of the year and you know uh, rookie player of the year every outlet that that names that player picked Kyle and and uh, rightfully so he had an awesome year I thought a terrific uh, feather in the cap for both JP and and really uh, for Perry Hill our our infield instructor as a uh, you know Perry has been the, the go-to for gold glove winners in our league for for a number of years and and I think that has been a nice marriage between JP and and Perry and 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 JP took it and ran with it in a year where Perry wasn't there every day and and you know he really had an exceptional year defensively and and I said it about Evan White as he was coming through the system to just about anybody who would want to hear it's he, he's the best defensive first baseman I've ever seen. And I, I know that's, uh, that sounds gaudy. I've, I've seen a lot of guys through the years and it's, uh, he makes it look really easy over there and uh, so athletic and, and it showed up in, in year one. And, and I do think that the, the fact that they used the, the metrics to, to help make that selection this year was to our players advantage because it was the, both of their first full seasons in the big leagues and and to get that kind of uh, adoration for their defense isn't typical for for first year players as far as evan white goes i'll I'll tell you jerry what impressed me most about him not the fact that he was he was brilliant defensively and as i said i thought he exceeded the hype which i think is an absolute rarity but he scuffled at the plate there there were some there were some hard stretches there for him but it you know a lot of guys often will take that out into the field with them and it'll impact the other side of the ball it will impact their defense or if they're struggling in the field it'll impact what they're doing at the plate it didn't happen for him even at the lowest moments offensively for him his glove never failed him i mean he was making just brilliant play after brilliant play and i thought for a young guy that's a big deal that that it didn't transfer over yeah, it's really it's rare that you would view an anchor, a defensive anchor on your team as a first baseman, and really in any time in baseball history. But you know, Evan was that for our defense throughout the year, and you know, I, I guarantee you that each of the infield defenders that that looks across the field is is ecstatic that they're over there. And I know both he and JP were quick to to recognize the other for all they did to help the the, the their opposite win the win the award. But you know, I think in Evan's case, it, the first month for him was so difficult from an offensive perspective, and we knew it would be a challenge for him offensively. But I, I was proud of him for battling back. You know, through most of the month of August and into early September, you know, he really started to show you what he was capable of offensively and never stopped hitting the ball hard. And, you know, we, we think the bat's going to play. We think the power is, is above what has been forecast for Evan. And I think that was evident to anybody who watched him all year. He hits the ball hard. And, and uh, couple that with the kind of defense that he plays. And, and you know, it kind of tells you why we were so interested in, in making him a Mariner for a long, long time. How, how much did the shortened season help the youth? That, that that was my silver lining to obviously just a dreadful situation in society with the pandemic, sports being completely, you know, thrown off course from what they normally are, a 60-game season when you're used to 162, you're in, you know, stadiums with, with nobody there, no crowd, no nothing. But that was my silver lining saying, you know what, maybe this is of, of benefit to the to a young team like the Seattle Mariners where – you don't have the pressure of the crowd there. You don't. You don't have people booing and yelling, and if, especially if you're scuffling as a young guy. Do you think there, that was a positive for for a team as young as the Mariners? 
You know, I don't know if it was a positive, but I, I do think that when we went into it, we generally thought it was going to be a wild negative in terms of the length of season, because our expectation was that we would take our lumps in the first half and those lessons, et cetera, we would apply them in the second half and, and show some improvement and gear up for 2021. And, and lo and behold, in a 60-game schedule, that's what happened. And we weren't expecting that at all. When, when the season was, was shortened to, to 60 games, our immediate assumption was that it was going to be a bit of a lost season for our young players. And that's not the way it turned out at all. You know, we saw forward growth from guys like JP and Evan, from Kyle Lewis, from Dylan Moore. I, I could go on. You know, a lot of the players that we acquired throughout – guys like Luis Torrens and, and Ty France and others who, you know, really stepped up in, in the, the, through the course of the, the short season, and it was, it was fun to watch. Yeah, you brought up Ty France. I wanted to ask you about him because I, I don't know that he got the attention that, that some of your other players have because he came from elsewhere. We're talking about players you're, you're grooming, obviously, as young guys, but he comes over and he just kind of picked up where he left off with with uh, his former team. I mean, he ends up hitting three oh nine for the season. He had a three seventy one on base percentage and showed a good glove out there. I'm, obviously, I'm assuming you knew what you were getting with him, but he was sort of an unknown with his team. Did anything he do surprise you? Did he perform better than you thought he would? That's, you have to say he performed better. Like, again, another young player spending his first full season in the big leagues and and it was just an extension of what he's always done, which is hit. He, Ty has hit wherever he's been, from high school to college to, to the minor leagues and now to the big leagues. And it's, uh, you, we got a, a full dose of it when we were down in San Diego playing the Padres in our first series. You know, we, we were in the midst of what was probably our best stretch of play on the year, and we were playing through – the toughest part of our schedule and we had played teams like San Diego and the Dodgers and Houston and and you know it was 16 or 18 straight games versus some of the premier teams at least in the west and Ty was actually still with San Diego when we were there for our first series and we were already I would say two-thirds of the way through the negotiation that ultimately led to the trade that we made that brought Ty and three others to San to, to Seattle and in that series, it, it seemed like he was going, you know, three for two every every day. And then we were like, oh, my God, just go over so we can push this deal across <laughs> because we were we were fearful that, the, you know, they would realize in, in a moment, man, we can't give this guy up. He can really hit. And thrilled we have him and, and really looking forward to creatively finding ways to get him every day at bats next year with some combination of third base, second base, DH, and being his his uh, positional deployment. And he's a really good player. And, again, just 26 years old. Gives us a lot of years to look forward to watching him hit. How, how do you view the, the numbers from last year, Jerry, whether they're good, they're really good, or maybe they're not as good as you thought they should have been or hoped they would be for any player, uh, especially young guys, because it's a it's a truncated season. It's 60 games. It'd be easy to overreact one way or the other, like, oh, I can't believe this guy hit the way he did. What a gem. Or I can't believe this guy scuffled as much as he did. Again, 60 games. Is it hard not to overreact one way or the other when looking at the numbers? Just being a baseball fan, it's hard not to react when you look at numbers because they're so yeah, integral to what we do as not just baseball scouts, executives, personnel, but but every fan that follows the game is, is, you know, tried and true numbers in baseball. Hey, what do you hit? How many homers do you have? You know, 
what, what's the ZRA? Simple things that you identify throughout the course of history. But this year, you had to measure that a little bit or, or weigh it against what you saw. And as with any young player, you want to see growth. We were a little bit more inclined to look underneath the hood and pay attention to, to more of the metrics, their swing decisions, uh, how hard they were hitting the ball, the, the frequency with which they were getting the ball in the air uh, with, with our pitchers, the frequency with which they were hammering the strike zone. And each of them has their own skill set. So it's a, for instance, for, for Justice Sheffield, the fact that he was getting them to hit the ball on the ground and was hammering the strike zone, especially early in the count, the way he was, wildly exciting to us what that meant and you know similarly with with evan white you know you can look at the numbers and be disappointed you know with with the final ops or the the lack of on base and the high strikeout total but the reality is that he did take his walks he did hit for more power than than you might have expected in a 60 game set but most importantly he was swinging at the right pitches and he was hitting them hard even though the results didn't it didn't happen as we would like. And, and I think over a 162 game season, the results will start to fall in line with the underlying data, what these guys were actually doing. And, you know, so we're, we're bullish on the season for, for so many of our young players. And some of them struggle. That's just the way it goes, but we're, we're really excited about where we are in, in the development of this roster. Speaking with Mariners GM Jerry DePoto here on 710 ESPN Seattle, it's Mariners winter warm-up, and we're going to be talking to a guy at the bottom of the hour, Rookie of the Year, Kyle Lewis. I mean, I, I don't know what you can say about him. I mean, he, he showed the power. We all wondered if he'd be able to carry over what he did in a very small sample set from the previous year, and what does that look like? Again, an abbreviated season, but... The power was there, and what I loved about what he does, especially offensively, Jerry, is not so much his power, but he sprays the ball everywhere. I'm thinking if I'm playing defense, I'm in the outfield against this guy. I'm, I, you have to play him straight up because you have no idea. He goes the opposite way so well. I love that he goes with the outside pitch and goes with it rather than trying to yank it. We see that so often, especially with young guys who have some pop. You see him trying to pull everything, and, and he hits like a guy who's been in the league for a long time just in terms of his approach. And he's always hit like that, honestly. He, I mean, he hit like that when he was a young draftee in Everett. And, he, and he's always had that same type of mentality and approach. And part of it is because like, Kyle has incredible opposite field power. Uh, and I think you got a chance to see that even in the small sample size. And, and I guess it's not so small anymore, considering he spent September uh, of 2019 in the big leagues. Uh, Kyle's first home run of 2020 was, was an absolute bomb uh, off of Justin Verlander down in Houston. And I don't recall another one that he pulled to dead left field, you know, all year long, everything that Kyle does is focused on the middle of the field. And, you know, he's got the, the ability to burn a ball 500 feet on his pull side. But the reality is that his best power is when he stays between the gaps, especially center field to, to right center field and and he hits the ball like a left-hand you know power hitter out in that area which is a great you know he has an ability or the 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 luxury of allowing the ball to travel deeper into the zone because of that opposite field power that a lot of guys just don't have and and i think that's going to lead to to really good things for kind of already has for for kyle I want to get into what we saw from the the rotation there because you had some experience with Marco Gonzalez, who was every bit a leader out there just in terms of what he did on the mound, in terms of who he was off the field, just him speaking. He just, 
I thought he embraced that role of the veteran, even though he's not that old of a guy compared to just about everybody else. He's the wily old veteran. I thought he really, really wore that role really well. Um, but Justice Sheffield, you brought up, I thought he, I thought he made some great strides. Uh, give me a thought on, on those two guys, and I want to ask you about two others after that. Yeah, Mark, Marco is Marco, and it's a, he is our wily vet at 28 years old. <laughs> and, you know, I think with that, you know, two plus years of major league service coming into the season and, and, uh, Marco from really from the day he came to the Mariners and, and the trade we made for, uh, for him back in 2017 with the Cardinals, it, he's just so mature, both as a pitcher and as a person. He's, he's well adjusted. He understands, uh, how clubhouses work. And, and I'll, I'll throw out a, a, a kudos to, to Marco's dad. You know, Marco's dad is a longtime uh, professional baseball person, played for years as a minor leaguer, and has been a longtime pitching coach. And you know, it, it, a lot of Marco's uh, upbringing in the game can be seen in, in his dad, Frank, and, and what, you know, what he passed along. And just a pro's pro, and, and, and always has been. So, he, he pitched every bit the ace. I, I thought he deserved some, you know, down ballot votes in, in Cy Young. He was that good. It's about as good a command season, just moving the ball in and out and up and down, as you'll see in the big leagues. It was, you know, reminiscent of guys like Bob Tewksbury or Greg Maddox, just in how they locate. Right. And, and uh, you know, I, that's a, I, I can't say enough about the year that he had. And, you know, Chef, Chef's first couple of starts, they were, he had some turbulence. He had to battle through it. We saw him flash the same good stuff that we've seen since he, since he came over from the Yankees and, and the deal we made there. And, and, and then something happened in the middle of that second outing. And, you know, by the, the transition from his second to third outing, he was pitching against Oakland, and he got in a, in a big jam and worked his way out of it. And it was the first time that, that – that Chef had the opportunity to work itself out of a jam like that where, where it happened for him. And, you know, th- you could see him turn a corner from that moment. And, and I say this, and, you know, in spring training 1.0 down in Peoria, you couldn't pitch better than Chef did. He didn't give up a run. It was, and he didn't walk anybody. It was, uh, it was ground balls and strikeouts and, and really good stuff. He's really uh, adapted to a two-seamer that as his primary fastball now, and his secondaries continue to to grow. and And he showed he showed a competitiveness this year that you know we were uh, we expected at some point, and we were thrilled that it happened for him. And it's 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 hard to remember sometimes when you look at Justice. He's 24 years old, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so many you know he's been a prospect on the tip of people tongue, people's tongue for so long that, that sometimes it's, it's easy to forget how young he is and how much, there, how much career is still ahead of him. So, yeah, we're really happy with the progress that he made. Hey, before I let you go, I want to just get a sense from you. Of, do you have any idea what spring training is going to look like? I know we're all dealing with this on the fly and adjusting on the fly in terms of the pandemic and, and all of that. But when you, in your mind, what, what do you think that may look like? And give, give the listeners a name or two outside of Kelnick and the ones we, we talk a lot about, guys that we should keep an eye on, guys we should look out for. Sure. Another element of what happened for us this year, in addition to a lot of the accolades that were showered on some of our young players, 
you know, our minor league system really got a lot of love. And, you know, a lot of credit goes to, to Scott Hunter and our scouting group and, and Frankie Tom and what we do internationally and Andy McKay and our group in, in player development. They've done a phenomenal job in really building up uh, a system. And, and, and over the last two years, we've taken huge strides. And I think spring training next year looks like spring training, with the exception that we might have – a division between the major league spring training and the minor league spring training. You know, you might see a staggered start there so that mm. we don't have uh, too many players in one place at the same time. But, you know, the, the names that you would expect to see in, in our major league camp are the names that you'll see, the, the young players that are, that are rising quickly through our system, the guys like Kelnick and Julio Rodriguez and, and Cal Raleigh who, who have generally been, uh, at the forefront, Logan Gilbert, who has every chance to, to make our team in, in 2021. And then the rising stars, we think guys like Emerson Hancock and George Kirby, you know, among the guys that we are, you know, most excited about seeing when we get to spring training, uh, Noelle Marte matured as much as any player in our system this year. And he's, he's still just a teenager. He's 18 years old, but what he did between the start of our summer camp, the, the taxi squad group down in, in Tacoma, and then the fall instructional league, couldn't be more excited about what we think has a chance to be, you know, one of the, the, the unique impact five tool players coming through the system. He hasn't played at a full season affiliate yet, but you're going to get a, a full dose of Noel de Marte. Uh, in 2021, wherever he starts, uh, my guess is wherever he starts the season won't be where he finishes. Exceptional talent. Great. Uh, can't wait, Jerry. It's good to catch up with you, my friend. Thanks so much for taking the time. Uh, hopefully the, the off season goes the way you want it to. Stay safe, stay healthy out there, and uh, really, really looking forward to talking again soon. Thanks so much. You got it, Bob. There you go. There's Mariners GM Jerry DePoto as we continue with the Mariners winter warm-up. A reminder, this holiday season, stop by the Mariners team store for the largest selection of exclusive Mariners apparel and game-used memorabilia. Uh, You're sure to find something for everyone on your list. Stop by to one of the five convenient locations, including the flagship store uh, down there at T-Mobile Park, downtown Seattle at 4th and Stewart, Bellevue Square, Alderwood Mall, and Westfield South Center. So, Lots of good stuff at all those locations. We're going to come back. We're going to speak with the Rookie of the Year. Kyle Lewis will join us next as we continue with the Mariners' winter warm-up on 710 ESPN Seattle. You're listening to the Mariners' winter warm-up on 710 ESPN Seattle. Really cool to talk to Jerry DePoto in the previous segment as we continue with Mariners winter warm-up here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Bob Stelton with you, and it is a pleasure to speak with this man. You know him as the Rookie of the Year. He is Kyle Lewis. Kyle, how are you, man? Man, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How you guys doing? I'm doing really well. Is it, is it settled in now when you hear somebody refer to you as Rookie of the Year? Does it, does it feel weird still, or how, how does it feel to hear that? Uh, I think it's just kind of like one of those things taking stride. So, like for me, it's kind of, you know, I'm appreciative of that opportunity, but definitely trying to continue to build on that. So, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, kind of maybe a little bit of a <laughs> notch in the belt. But then after that, I just keep it, you know, keep it moving. You don't have to be cool with me, Kyle. It's awesome. Come on, man. You're the rookie of the year. How it's it's such a cool thing, especially considering what you've had to overcome physically 
you know, as a young guy, a lot of there's a lot of players that might have been out there going, man, I don't know if I'm built for this. I don't know if I can get to where I want to go after a serious injury like that. And you persevered not not just to get to the big leagues, but to be honored by your peers, be honored by the league as the rookie of the year. That's a pretty cool thing, man. When that happened, what? Where were you? Were you surrounded by family when you got the word? What? How did that go down? I mean, yeah, I uh, actually had a little bit. So I had about my family, and then maybe like six close friends, and uh, we just kind of sat around at the computer and the TV and watched it. And uh, so once they announced my name, we all got to screaming and celebrating and whatnot. <laughs> so it was a. Uh, that was definitely an emotional day, for sure. Yeah, it's a it's such a cool thing, and it obviously it made every Mariner fan proud out here. Uh, get, give me a thought on your season now that you're removed. It's a few months removed. You've had a chance to reflect a, a really odd season, certainly only sixty games, no fans. Uh, what when you look at it, are are you satisfied? Or are you a guy that will pick apart things and go, man, I I could have done this better. Or I should have done this in this game. How do you approach last season? I definitely was just proud of being able to be healthy, continuing to be able to be available every day. And uh, I got a lot of confidence in my talent, so I feel like I'm able to go out there every day and, and I'll be able to uh, contribute to the team. But as far as like just evaluating the season, I think definitely got a lot to build on, a lot of things to improve in, a lot of areas that I would like to have played better you know, in. And so it's encouraging to have still had a pretty good season you know, with feeling like there's so much room for improvement. So I'm, I'm definitely feeling like, you know, I got a lot, a lot more to take than what I showed. If we uh, looking at your offense, where would you want to improve there? Because I was, we just had Jerry Depoto on in the previous segment. I said what stood out to me about you is you, your approach at the plate is like that of a guy who's been there for a decade. You're very mature at the plate. You're not trying to. You're a guy that's got some pop, and young guys can get really, really enamored with that and try to yank everything, try to pull everything, and you spray the ball around as well as anybody who's been in the league forever. Uh, your approach is incredibly mature up there. What What is it you would like to improve on? Uh, definitely, I think, just more consistent more consistent contact, you know, balls in the zone more consistently, putting them in play. Because I think, uh, you know, my approach is pretty good. I'm happy with the amount of walks I'm able to take, swinging at the right pitches. And so I think just uh, taking that next step as far as, uh, you know, being more consistent with the contact on the balls in the zone, you know, will – only take up my offense, you know, and take it to the level I want it to be at. I think the process is there. I think the approach is there pretty good. So, you know, just continuing to develop that part of it, shorten the sling up a little bit, you know, and then I think it'll really take off. Did you feel any pressure coming into this season? Because you were a guy that came up late last year. You played in 18 games. You had six home runs in a really short amount of time. And there was, I think everybody got excited, like, oh, my goodness, what is this guy going to do when he gets a full season? Now, again, not a full season, 60 games. But did, there was some expectation created by that success. Did you feel any pressure coming into last season? No, well, I felt like I set myself up to be uh, have a chance to compete to be everyday starter and wanted to try to prove, my, prove that I was able to do that, you know, over a longer period of time. But kind of ironic because I still kind of feel like I'm in that position again going into the next year because I haven't gotten to play a full season yet. So I think once I get that full season under my belt, that'll uh, that'll definitely lift that a little bit because I'm definitely still in that boat going into next year. Like, all right, now I got a full season. I got to, you know, perform for over a longer period of time. So I'm definitely still kind of in that same mindset, you know, going into the next year. As far as your defense goes, I mean, we we saw you on Sports Center a couple of times, a couple of web gems. You're going up over the wall, bringing the ball back in, you know, robbing a home run. 
that's the dream of any any defender in the outfield there. What was that like to see that and hear people, you know, rant and rave about what a, what a great play you made out there and just your overall defense? Give us a thought on that. Uh, I think I'm definitely happy with the defense, you know, and the uh, the way that I played out there, you know, and, and take a lot of pride in that. Coming into the year, didn't know if I was going to be playing right field, center field, left field. So I just kind of tried to come in and show up in shape and uh, go out for early work every day, work on my technique, work on balls at the wall. And so to see it come out in the game and be able to make some plays, you know, to help the team was, was like really cool. And uh, that's definitely something I still get excited about. You know, I watch videos. I watch a lot of defensive videos just to continue to get excited about those and, uh, you know, hopefully build on that, you know. And uh, so it's really like that's something I definitely don't take lightly. It's something I'm definitely really excited and happy to, to have seen that performance. How do you did you get a sense? And again, I know I keep hitting this, but sixty games. You normally it's one hundred and sixty-two games. Physically, how did you feel at the end of the season? And, and did it give you any sort of insight as to how you could prepare for a full a full one sixty-two in terms of conditioning and things like that? Yeah, I definitely was uh, kind of wishing for more games there towards the end. I was like, man, I kind of I want to get on another hot streak or something. So <laughs> it was kind of like. Uh, it was kind of a little bit weird, you know. It was a weird, weird kind of experience, and uh, I felt like my body was in great shape. My body was feeling good, and I was able to go out every day, you know, without you know issues. So I was ready, you know, you know, if they were going to keep going. So it was kind of just, you know, definitely gave me some insight as far as you know understanding what I got to do in between games, in between series, you know, with the travel, getting on the plane, getting off the plane, taking care of your your back, and uh, so. I definitely learned a whole lot about that and and things I'll take it in next year. Mainly just, you know, the maintenance you gotta do, you know, moving on and off the planes. You know, you might have might be flying through the night. You gotta make sure you loosen yourself up so you don't get locked up. But um I felt great. Hey, last thing before we let you go, in in terms of the off season, how much time do you take off when the season ends and then you decide, all right, I need to start conditioning, I need to start working on on drills or start hitting, whatever it is. How how much time do you do you take off and when did you start picking up? Yeah, I'm a little I'm a little different. So I, you know, kinda get it going, you know, pretty soon. I might have took two two and a half weeks off, two, three weeks, and uh I was getting it back going because I'm still trying to move, you know, I'm on the upswing, you know, so I'm trying to get in better shape every year right now. Continue to improve my explosiveness, my body control. So I didn't take a whole lot of time off at all. I might have took two, three weeks off and uh, got right back to it. Mm. And I'm um, getting my conditioning, getting my strength up so that my body control and, you know, agility going into next year is even better. So I'm still in that mode right now. And uh, I'm sure at some point in my career, you know, I'll take more time off before, you know, and uh, get into that kind of maintenance mode. But right now I'm still trying to, you know, add explosiveness. Well, Kyle, it was fun watching you last year, man. Congrats on Rookie of the Year. Congrats on all the success so far. We cannot wait to see you out there. Hopefully we're talking about a full season and hopefully as normal as possible. Have a, have a great offseason, man. Happy holidays to you. It's a great to talk to you, and we look forward to talking again. Yes, sir. Happy holidays to you guys, too. I appreciate that. There you go. There's Kyle Lewis, Rookie of the Year for your Seattle Mariners as we continue with the Mariners' winter warm-up. A reminder, we hope to see you back at T-Mobile Park next season when you're ready. You can attend the games you want, select the seats you want, and secure the savings that you want, all for whenever you want. With a Mariners 2021 Flex membership, memberships are available now with no deposit required. 
For more info, just text 21. Don't spell it out. It's the number, 21. Text 21 to 71532. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to speak to the man who puts it all into motion out there on the field. The skipper, Scott Service, will join us next as we continue with Mariners Winter Warm-Up here on 710 ESPN Seattle. You're listening to the Mariners Winter Warm-Up on 710 ESPN Seattle. It is the Mariners Winter Warm-Up here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Bob Stelton with you. Our thanks to Kyle Lewis, who joined us in the previous segment. That'd be Rookie of the Year, Kyle Lewis, along with Jerry Depoto in the opening segment. Some really good stuff from those guys. I know it's football season, but, man, I love baseball. I love baseball. I can't wait for the season. Hopefully we're talking about a regular kind of season, right, where you've got a full complement of games, you've got spring training, hopefully get to a point where fans will be allowed in the stands, all that good stuff. So uh, I would imagine all baseball fans are feeling the same way. Mariners... Probably better than some expected last year, even though it's a 60-game schedule. I get it. They would finish two games behind the cheating Houston Astros. Would have been better if they finished above them. But, hey, you got a lot of development out of, the, out of the young guys out there. A lot to be excited about. And I would imagine our next guest is extremely excited about what's in front of him in terms of the youth, in terms of the clay that he can mold out there with these young guys. I'm talking about the skipper. Scott Service is with us. Scott, how are you, man? Doing great, Bob. How are you tonight? Doing really well. Just, uh, you know, it was fun. I had a chance to catch up with Jerry DePoto in the opening segment. Just talked to Kyle Lewis. And I imagine you as, as the guy who's in the control of everything out there on the field. You're looking at the youth of this team and what you saw last year with Evan White and Kyle Lewis and J.P. Crawford and, and, and Ty France. Just all these guys really stepping up in a big way. And you've got to be, I would imagine, extremely excited about being able to play a full season with these guys. Really, yeah. I think, you know, our group lines up really well age-wise. Obviously, we've got a lot of young players with a ton of upside. And I thought, you know, it was a crazy season this last year, only having 60 games to, to go through it. But we learned a lot about them, and, and they continue to learn a lot about themselves. So we've got a lot to look forward to, not just with this group we have right now, but we've got some other young players coming behind them. So uh, it's an exciting time, and uh, hopefully we can, can keep adding to, to the mix because uh, I really like the core that we have right now. As far as the season went, I'll ask you this. I asked Jerry this question, but I, I thought if we were going to look for a silver lining to a 60-game season with no fans and you're, you're not traveling the same way, you, you know, everything was just off, the, the one upside I would think for a very young team like the Seattle Mariners, the youngest in baseball, is that maybe not having fans there, maybe not having the opposing fan bases you know, screaming and yelling and all of that, would help just in terms of them focusing on what they need to do, especially if they might have been scuffling at some point up at the plate. Maybe they're not hearing from, from the people they would normally hear from in the stands, and that would help the development. Do you think there's anything to that? Uh, yeah, we all want the fans in the stands. There's no question about that at home and on the road. But, uh, you know, if, if you had to go through it like we did, and, you know, sometimes it can be a little bit easier for the younger players not having to deal with all that stuff. Hopefully we don't have to deal with it again. Uh, you know, it wasn't crazy. And hopefully we can get fans back in the stands and get kind of back at the baseball uh, as we know it. But because uh, there is a lot to be learned uh, for our young guys, you know, going through, you know, the ups and downs and, and having the, the tough stretches when you're on the road and the fans are getting on you and things like that. That's what makes, that's the beauty of our game. But uh, hopefully we can get back to normal next year. Anything surprise you about last year in terms of what you saw on the field from your team, either in a good way or, or just something you just didn't expect? Uh, obviously a season that 
nobody anticipated and how it went down? Well, we're a very resilient team. I mean, our young players obviously got a lot to play for and a lot to prove, but, um, you know, we got off to a pretty shaky start. And I think, you know, this, uh, the, the driving force is just we're going to focus on getting better. And I thought if we continued to do that, uh, because we do have talented young guys, that we would get better. And, and it did play out, you know, and I think our kind of was led by our starting pitching. I thought our starters did a nice job. They kept us in a lot of games. And, you know, we, we know what we were going to get from Marco. You know, he's going to be a really good competitor. I thought Yusei Kikuchi showed some some bright signs of, of, you know, his stuff getting better. Obviously, Chef had a really good year. Uh, Marge Vicious really stepping up. And, you know, uh, Dunny continues to grow. So our starting pitching did a lot to to help stabilize things, certainly in the second half of our season. But, again, hopefully we can play a, a full year uh, ahead of us, and that'll be a little bit of a challenge, too, as these, these pitchers didn't get to log many innings last year. So we've got a lot ahead of us. Hey, as far as Dunn goes, you brought him up, and he's, he seems like a young guy who's just loaded with talent. I guess if you're going to look at the, the downside, yeah, there are a lot of walks out there, but he is he's extremely young. Is he a guy that how – do, how does he project? Do you look at him as a middle-of-the-rotation guy? Is he an end of the rotation guy? How do you, when you look at him, what do you see? There for a second, Bob. <laughs> Actually, the car. But uh, <laughs> what name did you mention? I'm sorry, Justin Dunn. Yeah, yeah, Justin. Uh, you know, he had a couple of really good outings for us this year. But um, I think you know where his stuff is is probably didn't see the best version of him. You know, we're hoping his stuff ticks back up again, kind of what we saw uh, a little bit you know earlier in his career, but. Uh, you know, he's learning. All these guys go through a lot as they're trying to get established and get their feet wet at the major league level. But uh, he's a guy we certainly would like to take another step forward uh, because we're going to need starting pitching. You always need it. Um, and you need him to stay healthy as well. Fortunately for us, we do have a, uh, a nice stock of young starting pitching coming through our minor league system. Um, you know, and hopefully those guys continue to gain experience because they're really talented and they're going to pitch for us here real soon. And starting with a guy like Logan Gilbert. Uh, you know, George Kirby coming behind him. We've got multiple guys, and it's really what it takes. you got to have more than just one or two. It takes a lot uh, to, to build out a rotation. You'd like to have those players coming out of your system so they're, they're homegrown, you know everything about them, and you don't have to go out and trade for them or try to sign for them on the free agent market. One of, one of the moves you guys made as an organization was to re-sign Mitch Hanniger, and I feel like we kind of forgot about him because, unfortunately, he was dealing with Man, it felt like one injury after another after another, and we, we got so caught up into watching, you know, Kyle Lewis and Evan White, J.P. Crawford, all the youth out there. He comes back. I mean, this guy, when he's healthy, he's as, he's as close to a five-tool player as you're going to see. How, how does he fit in with the, with the youth out there? With the, I mean, you've got Kelnick coming up. you got Rodriguez. you got Lewis and everybody else. How does he fit in, and, and physically, where do you think he's at? Well, he fits in great. Mitch Hanniger is a heck of a player, and we've seen him when he's healthy. Um, he's as good as anybody uh, in the league and what he brings on an everyday basis. So we really missed him, and I can't wait to get him back and certainly need his experience. As many young players we have, you know, they're always looking for, for veterans to, to kind of help them <laughs> lead the way, and, and can't wait to, to get him back you know, out there playing every day. You know, in his rehab, he, he looks great so far again. Don't want him to push it, you know, but he's starting to swing the bat and getting getting into some baseball activity, which is great to hear. And like I said, he's going to be a big part uh, for us here going forward in the 2021. Is there one thing you're looking forward to most for the upcoming season? I mean, hopefully it's 162 games. Hopefully it's as close to a normal season as we can get. But is it is it just watching somebody else that's not currently with a big club, 
club coming up, or is it somebody that flashed a little bit that we haven't really talked about, maybe a Thai France or somebody like that? Well, we certainly have a lot of guys to get excited about, no question. Uh, I really like the, the makeup of our team. They're fun to be around. Uh, like I said, they're, they're young. They've got a lot to prove. They play very hard. And, you know, it means a lot to them, the fact that they've come out of our system. It means a lot to them to be a Mariner. Uh, and that's exactly kind of the, the mindset we want with our guys. So I'm looking forward to spend a whole whole year with our young crew. And like I've mentioned earlier, we've got some really talented players coming behind them, not just on the mound, but some position players to help out as well. So, like I said, a, a lot to look forward to, a lot for our fan base to get excited about. And can't wait to get our fans out in the stands to see these young kids play. Yeah, last one before I let you go, Scott. This team was really aggressive running the bases. A lot of stolen bases in a very short amount of time. Is that something you expect to continue with? Is that, I mean, just having young guys, young legs out there, you want to take advantage of that? It is. It's kind of by design. I think it's fun. You know, we've got the young athletic players. Let them run. Let them, you know, take some chances in the bases and push the envelope a little bit. And part of the reason was we just didn't have quite as many home run hitters. So you got to find different ways to generate offense and, you know, be smart about it. You don't want to run into outs, but it's fun. We've got a lot of guys that can run, put pressure on the defense, and something that we want to be, you know, we want to be aggressive and we want to continue to do going forward, you know, because our, our younger players coming up, they can do the same type of thing. Scott, it's uh, it was fun to watch these guys last year. I cannot wait to see everybody for a full season, 162 games. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time. Stay safe out there. Stay healthy. Have a really happy holiday season. I look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks. Appreciate you having me on, Bob. Take care. There you go. Scott Service, manager of your Seattle Mariners. A uh, lot to look forward to with this team, man. There is a lot of young talent. Their farm system is now one of the best in baseball, so there's there's a ton of talent at the, at the minor league level we have even yet to see. And uh, you look at what's at the major league level, as I said, with Kyle Lewis, the rookie of the year, Evan White with a gold glove, J.P. Crawford with a gold glove. It, this thing is trending in the right direction. All right, that does it for us. I want to thank our guest today, Jerry DePoto, Kyle Lewis, and Scott Service there. Thanks to Maura Dooley for running everything behind the scenes. That's it for the Mariners' winter warm-up for today anyway, but the season's right around the corner. Everybody have a great weekend out there. We'll talk to you on Monday right here on 710 ESPN Seattle.